In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson. For close to 20 years, George McGeeran has run a national executive search, recruiting firm, and engages in all things leadership at the C-suite level throughout the United States, Europe, and South America. His clients range from small startups to global organizations. Most are companies that you've heard of or products that have impacted your life. After recruiting this top tier of leadership, George and his team also support them on their personal branding and coaching. And welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, George McGarren. Carla, hi. It's uh, it's great to be here. It's always good to catch up with you. Yeah, you got it. Great to have you on the show, sir. And uh, I know you're just outside of New York there, so there's no shortage of uh, probably challenges that you guys are all experiencing there, being five miles out of New York City. So uh, hope you're staying safe, and we're super excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. It's it's uh, it's awesome to be here. So, and uh, the one thing I want to say is that. You know, you and I sort of have a very similar philosophy about people. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to me, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to, to talk to, to somebody that, that has that, you know, same belief system. So thanks well, for having thank me. Well, thank you, sir. Yes, we do believe that in business and life, relationships are everything. And that's how you solve problems, right? You solve problems with people. And, uh, and it really is the foundation of pretty much uh, everything we do, right? <laughs> both in our uh, business life and in uh, our private lives. So, well, with that said, George, you got to share with us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. So how did you get started in, did you actually get started in executive placement and working with companies in branding or was it something else that kind of led you down that path? Right. So I, m- most of my life has pretty much been, I would say, I would, I would, if I were to fr- paraphrase, would be sort of mistakes turned into business models, right? <laughs> so, there's plenty of those. Look at Silly Putty or, you know, all those. There's so many, so many things that um, were an accident, right? Accidental on purpose, I guess. Right. And there's, and, and that's exactly, so I, you know, I was, I guess when I was a kid, I was, you know, I was brought up in a household and I don't know if this, this, you were told this, but I was told, Hey, like, Hey, you know, go to school, um, Mm -hmm. you know, do well in school and then get a job and then, you know, kind of hang out there for the rest of your life. That was, that happened to be exactly (laughs) what I was told, George. Right. (laughs) Right. So I did that. Right. You know, I did that. And, uh, you know, I went to some, you know, I went to some decent schools and, and I, I was, you know, I ended up at two, um, you know, I ended up at Pricewaterhouse as well as uh, Ernst & Young. So I worked for them on the consulting side. So I was hanging out in New York City and things were fun. And some guy, you know, re- actually a recruiter, calls me up from Miami and he, and he said, George, this was January, this was January, by the way, of 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, so New York City, you know, and you guys in California get awesome weather all year round. <laughs> Uh, Except for the, the the season of fire, that that one doesn't work so well. <laughs> well, this is true, right? Except when you make national news about the, the fires. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, you know, I get a call, and he's like, "Listen, you know, there's an opportunity here in Miami. It's a German firm. They it's a consulting firm. They've got, you know, they just set up shop. They they they'd love to, to talk to you. So so I interview with them, and January in New York City is like, you know, it's it's 
depends on the year, but it's pretty, pretty rough, right? Yes, it is. The only place that is worse is Chicago because it's windy in that cold. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 you know, Miami in January is like, especially if you're from the Northeast, it's, it's like paradise, right? Yes, it is. uh, So I'd never, I'd never been to Miami actually. And I show up and, uh, you know, the, this, the German, you know, the, the, the German sort of CEO picks me up in like a, you know, a BMW and, you know, and, and kind of brings me to the office. And so next thing you know, five days later, I'm working, I'm working and living in Miami. <laughs> like that was, you know, uh, so I was there, you know, three months into it, I walk into the office and the whole office, there was a 30 person office. I think maybe it might've been 40. The whole office was, was super sad. And they, they, they said, I'm like, what happened? Well, we decided to close down. Germany decided to close down the Miami operation, and uh, that was the that was kind of the first time that I'd sort of lost. Right? I mean, I had you know I'd worked at like these pedigree places. I went to these pedigree schools. That was the first time I literally ever lost anything. You know, I mean, that was significant. And uh, I asked the one of the one of my coworkers like, "What do I do? What do I do now?" She's like, "Well, you can get unemployment." You know, I was like, "Okay, I can do that." Um, so I go to the unemployment line. You know, I'm at the office in Miami. And I'm sitting there and thinking, like, I've done everything I'm supposed to do and I'm still unemployed. Like, this is terrible. And I just thought, you know, if, if I'm going to fail, I'd like to fail on my own terms. And because I didn't, you know, because I did something wrong, not because somebody in some foreign country uh, decided that I wasn't, you know, just what, that they were going to close, you know, shut, sort of uh, close the office. And that was it. And I, I kind of made this, I had this mental switch, right, of, I'd rather be, you know, I'd rather sort of uh, be unemployed, but unemployed because I was a terrible <laughs> business person. Uh, and, 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 and you know this too. I mean, I know that folks paint this like entrepreneurial thing on Instagram. Like, you know, if you, you know, with your first week, you'll be driving a Ferrari and things like that. Uh, I mean, you know, those things didn't exist back then, but I, I kind of went from broke to like, you know, even more broke <laughs> for about three years. <laughs> Uh-huh. But I started a, you know, I started a, a recruiting business because I literally went into a, to another recruiting agency and I thought, okay, you know, I could, I could do this. And, uh, and I, you know, I worked at a place for a couple months and I just decided, okay, I still need to do my own thing. And I started my own company and I started, I built it up, uh, up until about 2000, it was 2009 actually from zero, right. To 50 people. Um, so it was like, yeah, yeah that's was, just- I mean, it was great. Yeah. It, was like the zero to <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was zero. To, it was like the zero to hero story. Um, but I made a lot of mistakes when I, you know, getting there. And one of the mistakes just was like, all, we all do. Right. And so yes. it's like fail forward. Just the biggest thing is just fail quickly, learn quickly, get back on right. your feet. You know, the old Chinese proverb, you know, get uh, knocked down seven times, get up eight. <laughs> so. Right. Well, I was, I, I was a, I was a, te- I mean, I think I was good at sales. I was just a terrible, I was terrible at spending, spending the money that I was getting. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, but that, that, that eventually bit me, you know, pretty hard because all of my clients were banks and financial institutions and pretty much. Oh you know, yeah. They weren't hit at all in 2008. Right. Oh no, no, it was, it was, it was very rosy. <laughs> By the <laughs> so, way, my background was uh, finance at the time. So I know that we did all sorts of, if you need to find money, uh, regardless if it was for, you know, any type of real estate or your business. And that was a very interesting time because we had to morph into a, 
consulting firm because if your bank says they're going to reduce their portfolio by 40%, just think about it. That means they're going to find every reason, number one, not to lend. But, you know, it, and it was interesting because people in the financial industries all went, they just went to different businesses. I mean, everyone scattered. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I got to take care of these people that have taken care of me, you know, for so long. And it was a real trying time. There's no doubt about it. I mean, well, was, I mean, I th and I think you're, you're, you are the business person that you are because of that, right? No doubt. Yeah, think, and, yeah. and the relationships, George, that I forged because I, I hung in there and tried to figure it out to help them because that's when they needed me most. And, um, and we built a consulting firm. We had consultants all over the country and we would go in and just play, how do we figure this out on behalf of the um, business owner, because a lot of times they had a couple businesses, maybe a couple commercial buildings and some residential real estate. And it was a really challenging time. So if your clients were financial institutions and banks, I can't imagine, like, what were you thinking? I mean, yes, you're right. We learned so much more in the hard times than we do in the good times. But like, how did that hit you when all of a sudden you had, you know, 50 employees and then woof, like, what were right. you like thinking? And, and, and you know this, I mean, when you, when you have people that work on your team, I mean, it, the, the hardest part for me, actually the more difficult, the most difficult part for me was letting everyone go. Oh, of course. So like they turn into like family. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's, 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 it's the equivalent of, I mean, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking, right? I mean, I would, it was just, it's heartbreaking. I was more devastated about letting everyone go than, than, than the loss of the income or the loss of the clients, right? Well, it's interesting you say that, George, because I can't tell you there's numerous uh, business owners I've talked to that said, one of the reasons why, you know, they had such a hard time recovering after 2008 because they w didn't want to let anyone go. So they held on and held on and held on and it kind right. of led the company over time. So, well, it's, it's one of those things. It's kind of like this very, you know, Darwinism, you know, theory, right? Like it's either, I mean, somebody it's, it, you just have to, it, it's, it's, it, I mean, it really comes down to you, you need to be able to survive so that you can, you can, you can grow up and, you know, get up again. Right. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that was the point is some of them, you know, didn't survive, but so it's right. like, how do you balance that? Right. You've got some, you don't want to let them go at the same time. You're making business decisions, right. That you have to make that are hard to make. You know, right. but you know, I would, I would definitely agree with you having to have that, those conversations, you know, with 50 different people that were part of your team must've been pretty challenging. Well, I mean, that was my, I mean, that was my, I would say that was my version of sort of coronavirus, right? You know, and, yeah. um, but the problem was that that went on for me, you know, that went on, you know, in my case for like two years, right? So I lost in one day or in 40, in a 48 hour period, I got a call from Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley. Uh, UBS, uh, Wachovia, who's now Wells Fargo. I was just going to um, say a lot of those, that's not their names anymore. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Right. So, so I got, you know, those were the, you know, I got, and they all said, Hey George, like we're going to put this on stop you know, infinitely. <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, it was, it was rough, but I was able to, you know, I was able to, to, to kind of learn from that and I did things differently. And then we talk about the people, the people aspect, um, the the people aspect like in 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 what we do you know from the recruiting so I own a recruiting business an executive placement business as well as a, an executive branding business um, but the the whole the whole everything we do is people based right I mean it's it's all about relationships and and that that's you know that's from if you're a parent if you're if you're a father a mother if you're a coworker everything is based around around relationships and uh, and you're right I mean. Like if you took care of, you know, took care of your clients or your candidates, 
Um, later on, they appreciate it. But as a business person, I had to figure out what to do next. And I, I kind of said, okay, if I'm going to do this again, how would I do this? And I, you know, I changed a lot of things that, that now has kind of given us a very strong, um, like we're very, you know, considering what's going on in the environment right now, the, uh, we're, we're, we're in a very good position. And, uh, you know, it's, as a business person, I'm convinced, and you, you know, I think you'll agree with this, very few successful business people have not been knocked down, you know, two or three times in their lives, you know, and uh, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's almost impossible, you know, that you, you become successful um, without getting knocked down a lot and losing pretty much, you know, everything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the thing I loved about one of your, I think I, one of your intros that I heard, you know, you love talking to people that risk everything, right. To yeah. kind of, and right? in pursuit of some, yeah, yeah. In pursuit of what, how they can turn thoughts into things. I just love people that are willing to know that they've got something inside of them that they want to bring outside, right. And turn that thought into a thing is just pretty um, inspiring. And, and isn't that an amazing thing? I mean, to, to, I mean, it's, if you think, if you think about this, right, like when, you know, like when you, you know, let's say you go to the store or you buy something or you, or even when you, when you play, you, you pay another consultant, I mean, you're, you're paying them, right. Obviously with money, right. But that money was from an idea that you started in your head. I mean, isn't it an amazing thing to be able to print money to some extent, right? I mean, it's, these are these, it's kind of an interesting thing. And you're also, you're able to help a lot of people. Um, but it all starts with the idea and, uh, to turn that into movement is just a super cool, you know, we're getting a little philosophical here, but I think it's just a cool concept. Oh, it is. Absolutely. And it's inspiring. And that's, I think, why we hear so frequently, George, in, you know, business people and, you know, how can you overlay your passion with other things? Because, you know, it's so interesting. I've seen people make money doing the most interesting things ever. One of the most recent was um, a gal. All she does is teach people how to paint wolves. Okay. So if you can generate, you know, and she makes a really good living. I mean, she focuses and has clients all over the world, but that's what she does. She loves to paint wolves (laughs) and (laughs) she helps other people paint wolves. I was like, if you want to talk about a niche on a niche on a niche, I mean, you can't get any more micro niche than that. Right. But that's what she's passionate about. Um, And I think that's really kind of interesting. And the opportunity you have today that we didn't have back in the day, that you can reach out and connect with so many people. You know, you can create an online, you know, promotion and connect with the type of people that love, like, you know, hashtag I love wolves, right? I mean, just like, that was not, I mean, I'm dating myself here, but we used to have to actually go to a room and meet people. Remember that, George? Well, no, no, I do. I remember, I mean, and then I remember waiting, um, waiting, you know, for the contract via fax, but then somebody else was using the fax machine and then it was like, wait a second, let's send that again. And, uh, you know, I don't even remember those things, but it's just like, <laughs> I haven't used one yeah. in a really yeah. so long it, 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 time. But it's, it's, it's totally about that, right? It's, 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 um, but the, I mean, I love the, the, the fact that she turned a business into just, you know, like she's helping people paint wolves, right? Um, my, my, as a business person, my, my, my instinct says, well, maybe you could create, you know, like maybe she could help people paint, you know, bears and, 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 you know, and, and, uh, and ducks and, 
you know, is that, is that a stretch or I was just thinking well, about no, what's kind of interesting is, is that then all of a sudden it's like, well, you've got a following, right? You could expand into that regard, but I mean, can you imagine having, being so passionate about just painting wolves? Right. No, I, think it's, think, I, I think it's, I think it's cool. It's like, but, yeah. but because you're passionate about it, you probably do. It's just like, it reminds me of Bob Ross, right? I mean, geez, <laughs> the guy's a legend and he painted happy trees, you know, it's, right. it, and it's so funny because I can't tell you how many times when, um, I was a kid, George, I was always said, oh, you know, you can't make any money if you're an artist or dancing or any of those things. And I love the arts. And I was like, what was, what were all these things that we got told, you know, go to school, get a good job, right? Stay there, retire. Right. You know, there's no money in X. It's like, actually, you know, there's a reason why it was written into you. So the whole focus is how do you get what's inside of you to the outside and help other people that are like you? Um, and I think what's really interesting here, and you'll probably appreciate this, um, with the work that you do, George, is that understanding what somebody is brilliant at, because most of the time we hold people in their smallness instead of their magnificence. And in, in the hard part about that too, is, you know, it, people, what they do well and what they do easily for them that is just natural, they right. don't value it as much because it's easy and it's fun. So it can't be, it's like, duh, why can't everybody do that? Right. Well, sometimes, sometimes you don't, sometimes you do, you, you sort of take, take it for granted. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I can just from a personal standpoint, I run, I run marathons, but I run, I run ultra marathons. So I run these 50 mile events. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, glutton for punishment. Well, you are an entrepreneur. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, it's more, well, I mean, talk about like you're, you know, it's a mindset more than anything. It's more about, you know, sort of in your head than physically. Um, but the, um, but for some people, it's just like an impossible, like it's such an impossible thing to do for others. It's, it's, you know, like for me, like, you know, 50 miles, there's people that do, I mean, there's, there's people that can do a hundred miles and, uh, to me, the hundred the hundred miles is like craziness, right? You know, and then fifty miles is not craziness, but a hundred miles is craziness. For others, it's twenty six miles is craziness. Um, so well, it's, we were just talking before we got on this uh, podcast, George. That can you know, um, it's been interesting shifting people to doing video calls and video interviews and recording because a lot of people don't necessarily, and, it, and these, some of them have been speaking for a long time, but it's different on video, right? Uh, in the midst of everybody, you know, going uh, offline and uh, doing an interview that they're uncomfortable with. And the number one fear people have is public speaking. Uh, the second is death by fire. And I look at that and go, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> How could that be? But that's because it's easy for me. That doesn't mean, and I don't value it at all, right? I look at it and go, well, that's just communicating with somebody. Uh, and it's interesting because I don't think we see those things. It's easier for other people to see them in us than for us to see them in ourselves. And I think that's really an interesting piece. And how do you work that in when you're working um, and finding an executive uh, placement or, you know, with your um, uh, search firm? Right. And, and I, I th and I think you bring up a very good point. My, my experience has been one of the differences between let's say somebody, and, you know, so we're dealing with people that are making, you know, in general from $300,000 a year to sometimes four to four to $5 million. Right. So mm -hmm. it's kind of an interesting group. The, what I've noticed is that a lot of, a lot of those, you know, types, um, they, the reason they do well in life and the reason they've done well, um, you know, sort of, 
either if they're an entrepreneur, if they, if they you know, sort of, uh, you know, if, if they run a company is because they, they know, you know, what they're good at and what they're great at, right? They kind of, they've already sort of accepted that. Mm-hmm. And one of the differences that I've seen that people that are, let's say they're a director level um, and they have, and they, they aspire to get to the C level, but they don't know why they haven't. It goes to the same point that you bring up. It's they, they haven't really figured out like, Hey, it's, you know, let me, let me, let me do what I rock. Let me, let me do things that I'm terrific at in environments that I'm terrific at with people that I'm, you know, it has to be the right culture fit. Uh, but I, that's the, one of the big differences is that somebody that aspires to be a, you know, a C-suite player, let's say, um, it seems like in my experience has been, they really haven't figured out, you know, kind of like who they want to be when they grow up. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you heard that before. Yeah. Oh, but no. And, and I think that's just consistent, right? Like if you're up for the challenge, you're probably never going to figure out, right. What you're going to be. Right, you're exactly. Just kind of keep on moving the, but you're right. Exactly. I, and, and they always feel like that. Right. You know? Exactly. And that's the, I mean, I call it the bridesmaid, you know, not the bride sort of, you know, sort of you know, problem. <laughs> and, and you find that. And a lot of it, like you said, it's, it's a lot of it's in, it's in their head, but I think being able to really focus on what you're great at and what you're not great at. Um, I had heard, by the way, I was going to say you had an interview. I think it, I think it actually played, it was either today or last week. I'm sure this will, but it was, uh, you had the, the military. It was, I think it was Bill. Oh, it was Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill is amazing. I mean, what yeah. a, what a uh, great guest. Like if you haven't heard that, I mean, you're some of your Go back and listen to it guys. Bill that, DeMarco. And, and of course he runs all of the, he's the chair for the leadership training for all the officers of the air force. So, and he's so dang passionate is crazy. I've got to go back and listen to it. It was the fastest interview ever because I think he's my brother from another mother. But <laughs> he's, I mean, like you talk about a great, I mean, first of all, first of all, it gives, I mean, you know, you're terrific at interviewing folks, but he gives a great interview. I mean, he's just, <laughs> he's, but he, he under, he, he hits, he hit upon something about kind of, you know, you asked him a question about leadership and I was like, okay, this is spot on advice that he given. And, and this is how we, we do searches as well. But he said, listen, like there's, there's people that are great at things and there's people that are, you know, and there's certain things that you're not great at. And he's, he lets people be great, you know, at their certain talents. And I think from a, you know, from a, from a recruiting standpoint, from an executive, um, you know, leadership and, and sort of, you know, from a C-suite level um, in terms of matching the right candidate with the right companies, I, I think the, the companies that know kind of those three things that they need in a leader and the leader that knows, you know, what are the three things that they bring to the table um, when it becomes sort of a symbiotic relationship, that's, you know, that's, that's when kind of the magic happens. And that's when the, you know, two people get married, right? When, when, when the one company, you know, when an organization is sort of being, you know, sort of something it's not, and the candidate is being something, you know, that, that they're not, or someone that they're not, um, that's where you see a lot of problems and you see very short, kind of stance, you know, for, for certain people. Um, but, but yeah, I think, and identifying who you are and then who you need to surround yourself by and how to facilitate and bring <laughs> the best out of a team is definitely, definitely critical. So, well, this has been fantastic, George. I love it. Uh, thank you so much for your time here today. And how can our listeners get a hold of you? Right. So I, I would say normally LinkedIn, but I'm, I'm LinkedIn has decided that I'm maxed out on LinkedIn connections. I've got like 30,000 LinkedIn connections. <laughs> so, so the next route is, I mean, they can find me on, um, for now they can send an email to us. Uh, so it's just George at McGarren So it's M C G E H R I N group.com. 
And the other thing is, that, you know, the, the, the easy way as well is also like the Instagram piece, you know, for now it's Instagram. It's, it's just, uh, it's exec underscore headhunter. And that's the, um, you know, that's, so that's the, so it's exec underscore headhunter. That's the Instagram uh, handle. So. Uh, Fantastic. Well, this has been awesome, George. We definitely have the same philosophy in regards to relationships, and we certainly appreciate you sharing your brilliance with us on the show. Carl, I, I appreciate it. Next time, you know, we had spoken about this, but we should, next time it's sort of, it's, we're, I think we'll do a podcast with, you know, drinks and wine, right? There you go. That's <laughs> awesome. We'll that. that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And we'll have to shift it to video too. So many of our listeners are asking us to do that uh, so that they can uh, be behind their computers and see us. So we'll absolutely have to make that happen, sir. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life.